Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Maura Z and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, May 3rd. Today we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And we are on page 58. And we will be reading the fourth paragraph, which is the last paragraph on the page, starting with remember that we deal with alcohol, through two paragraphs, ending um, with complete abandon. Excuse me. Today's readers are Laura W., 12 Steps, Melissa C. K., 12 Traditions, Russ M., Mary B., and Katie G. for the text. And the reference numbers for yesterday. Yesterday's 7 a.m. meeting was 11366, 11366, and yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting, 11367, 11367. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Lori W., would you please read OA's 12 steps? Good morning, Maura. Good morning, my fellow um, in Overeaters Anonymous. I'm Lori W. in Atlanta, Georgia, real compulsive overeater recovered by the grace of God today. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation 
to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Lori W. Melissa C.K., would you please read OA's 12 Traditions? I will. Good morning, everyone. This is Melissa C.K., Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for allowing me to do service. I pass. Thank you, Melissa C.K. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. At two minutes, 50 seconds, I will give a gentle reminder. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the person speaking should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 58. We're starting with the last paragraph. Remember that we deal with alcohol. Reading through two paragraphs, ending with complete abandon. 
And Russ M., will you please get us started? Good morning, Mar. It's Russ M., recovered compulsive overeater outside of Philly. Remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it's too much for us. But there's one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Russ M. Recover Compulsive Overeater outside of Philly. So, food has manipulated me. The disease has uh, cornered me so many times in my life. You know, I <laughs> couldn't decipher truth from the false, right? got me so confused, so upside down. Before you know it, I'd be on my back submitting. You know, I had the diet. I had the workout. I had the pills. I had the whole whole deal. The next, like I always say, the next silver bullet, the next thing that could free me from this. I would get a couple jabs in, but before you know it, I was tapped out again. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Um, only God could free me of this. Only God could free me of this. And uh, that's really all I got. I just know I was in a cycle for so many years. So many years. And when I when I asked his protection and care with complete abandon, when I admitted my weakness, that's when my strength came and it was through God. So it's the only way I got relieved and, and recovered is through God. Can't do it on our own. Uh, not by my will. I know that. Some people may, but not me. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Thank you, Russ M. Okay, so giving me your first name, last initial, one time. And uh, as someone said yesterday, taking a pause until you hear a blank spot before you give me your name, that would be great. Who to share on these powerful paragraphs. Star one, Mata. please to unmute. Mary B. Kim G. Mary B. Kim G. Larry K. Jesus. Matt M. Larry K. Jason, did I hear? Jason S. Jason S. Arlene H. Arlene H. And somebody M. Who is that Arlene with an M? Say again. Kathy K. Kathy K. Okay. All right. Here's what I got. Don't know if I got everybody or in the right order, but this is what I got. Mary B, Kim G, Matt M, Larry K, Jason S, Arlene H, and Kathy K. Mary B, would you please get us started? Yes. Hi, Mara. Uh, can you hear me okay? I can. Thank you. Great. I changed phones. This is Mary B., gratefully recovered in Central California. And, uh, oh, my gosh, I just love this. Uh, cunning, baffling, powerful, and ending with complete abandon. Being mindful of our traditions, I just want to share that I am reading a fascinating book on the food industry and the length to which it goes to entice us with sugar, oil, and salt. And, you know, I was a fat kid, so I probably didn't even need 
um, their enticement. But I, uh, you know, when I was a kid, we didn't even have supermarkets. There were no supermarkets. And my thrill was just to um, crumble graham crackers in, in a bowl with uh, milk and sugar. And, and um, there just wasn't a lot. There was a restaurant in Hollywood that had a special dessert. It was the Brown Derby. And if you ever watch old movies, you have seen it. Uh, it had a black forest something. And any time my parents would say, we're going to Hollywood, I think, oh, gosh, I hope we go to the Brown Derby just to order that dessert because it was so special. And today, these things aren't that special. Everywhere you turn, everywhere you go. I am amazed that today I am living so free of any desire at all for any of those foods. And without changing my abstinence, I recently changed my food plan and gave up a lot more of the items that were included and that I've done fine with. But for health reasons, I've given a lot of them up. The only way I could do this was with those last two words, complete abandon, asking his protection and care. And when I do change my food, I always go to my higher power. Is this your will for me? And when I know how I feel, how I feel so free and so well and so healthy, I'm going to be 81 in a couple of months. It's just amazing, and it never stops amazing me. Not everybody becomes addicted, but I am a food addict. I am addicted. I leave nothing on my plate. Gentle um, reminder. Thank you. I am free today, and I am grateful. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share this morning. Thank you, Mary B. Kim G., it's your turn, followed by Matt M. Good morning, Mara. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. Um, I love how the saying from today dovetails with yesterday. So today we're reading Half Measures Availed Us Nothing. And yesterday we read some of us had tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go, absolutely. So I was sitting here thinking about my first 17 years in program before I recovered. And, you know, in the beginning I had six years, but the last five years of that 17, I was in relapse. And I remember thinking to myself, well, you know, I've done the steps many times in many different ways, and always just doesn't work for me. You know, I've often heard people joke this is the most read and least listened to chapter in the big book. But my desperation at that point opened my ears in a totally new way. You know, my experience was I started to realize that I worked a program of slogans and opinions. I mean, I remember thinking to myself, I was the intergroup chair. I was on the region board. What can you tell me about these steps in Overeaters Anonymous? And, and somebody confronted me when I told them these steps don't work and OA doesn't work. And he said, you know, how arrogant I was. And I'm like, how is that arrogant? And he said, well, this book hasn't had to change in 80 years. It has worked for alcoholics, drug addicts, 
compulsive overeaters, sex addicts, and you think you're so gosh darn special, it's not going to work for you? And I was taken aback. And I recognized that I hadn't worked the clear-cut directions. I hadn't worked these specifically. And I want to use this analogy. You know, as compulsive overeaters, we're very familiar with vending machines. And if my favorite candy bar is in that vending machine, I'm under no delusion that if I put 50 cents and that candy bar costs a dollar, that I'm going to get that candy bar. I'm not even under the delusion if I put in 70 cents, maybe I can get half the candy bar. I can put in 99 cents and there's going to be no candy bar. I fully concede that. So I will go through my cushions and I will ask strangers for money and I will do anything because that candy bar is more important to me than anything else. The question is, am I going to pursue recovery like that? Am I going to do this step specifically or am I going to do what's convenient? Am I going to do it in the order they said, which is number one, put the food down? Or am I going to say, yeah, that might work for other people, but I'm going to try to do the steps drunk. I'm going to try to sponsor even though I haven't had a spiritual awakening. I'm going to do amends even though I'm on step one and wonder why I'm totally in the food again. So I just want to say for everyone who's out there who's suffering, put the full dollar in. Don't try to get through on 99 cents. Join us on that broad highway because everyone is chosen. The question is, are you going to choose to follow this path? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Matt M., it's your turn, followed by Larry K. Thank you, more for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M., a compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Yeah, how much is available to something? I was one of those people who was back to free last, and I was sponsoring people. And I was, doing, I was probably causing more harm than I was doing good. And I didn't realize that at the time how crazy I was and how my thinking thinking was coming in and how I didn't realize what I was doing at the time, you know, taking four steps from people when I'm myself and binging on food that is, that is not my food plan, that is not healthy for me. So I realized, like, you know, half measures, you, you know, you're not, you know, like she said, you're not, you're not putting your full effort in. You know, you're not, you're, you're only putting like 10% instead of 90, 100%, you're only putting 10% effort in. And the, what are you doing with the rest of the 90%? You know, it's just pure waste, it's pure waste. And um, I realize that now too, I'm still working, I'm, I'm still on an active relapse and I'm working with with um, my sponsor and I'm going to a day program uh, to help me with the addiction part. And it's not easy, man. This this disease is kind of baffling and powerful. And it uses a different, it lies to me all the time in my head telling me to use certain certain foods or use certain ways of dealing with it, which don't work for me anymore. I have to change everything about my life, and I, which is what I'm working on right now. Nothing, everything, when they said to me, when I first came in the room, you only have to change one thing, and that's everything. So all my values and morals that I had growing up, I have to re-examine each thing, every single one to look at each one of them in the light of day and see which ones are still valid and which ones I have to discard. Because this disease, like I said, I do not want it to kill me. I have so many people. I have so many other people in my life who have passed away from this disease in my life. I have put a lot of examples. I don't want to be another example for someone else of what not to do. I don't want to be someone else's slogan. I don't want to be someone else's what, oh, look at what you know, might have, our problems as it might have been. That's the, one of the loneliest, the loneliest sentences in the human language it might have been. I don't want to be that. And I take it one day at a time. This is a one day at a time program. I can't, I can't have yesterday's recovery today based on yesterday's recovery. So I only have today and so far the day has been good. And I'm just grateful I'm here on the line. And thank you for all for being here, for sharing with that old path. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you, Matt M. Larry K., it's your turn, followed by Jason S. Thanks, Maura. Thanks, Larry K. Recovered. You know, what, what strikes me is we're, you know, it, it talks about a turning point here. We stood at the turning point. And, and turning points are, are these critical moments of change that are transformative. And that's where I need to be standing. And, and, and the, a turning point, it, it's going to usually involve some type of choice. You know, I'm at a crossroad here. There, there's a choice if I'm going to get to a turning point. And here's the thing. In this disease, with all its, its horrible consequences, we know what those are like. If they if that hasn't you know if those consequences have not brought me to a crossroad, I'm not going to be ready to to pivot from that crossroad to this turning point. So there I am at this turning point, and the big book is telling me I might not be prepared to confront this moment of truth. And and I know that was the case for me when I first got here. I don't think I'm alone there, because I had been down this arduous path, right? And I'm going to need every bit of desire and faith and creativity that makes this turning point more likely to, to happen. In fact, most of us on this line, you know, we've lived these, these ordinary lives prior to this turning point and we've experienced these consequences. And, you know, here we are. And looking back, you know, what I remember is I can't have a turning point if I keep doing what I've always been doing. My brain needs to, to be primed to change course, right? And I have to have some courage at that point. And it, it changes frightening because I don't know what's going to happen. It's frightening. For me, I think looking at the consequences, th this was kind of like the last house on the block. I had tried things. Nothing really was working. And I wanted to be free. And, you know, that was exactly where I needed to be. So grateful for this program. And thanks for all the shares. Thanks for your service, more. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Jason S., it's your turn, followed by Arlene H. Jason S., star one. I hope I got your name right. Hi, can I be heard? Yes, is this Jason? Yeah, speaking. Uh, Thank hi. you. Uh, morning, <laughs> morning, family. Uh, my name's Jason S. I'm a grateful, recovered, uh, compulsive reader from Alberta, Canada. Um, yeah, half measures of illness, nothing. Yeah, even for a share on this line is a little bit fearful for me. So, um, but yeah, that's part of uh, part of giving it over, eh? And uh, just uh, getting out of my comfort zone, you know. Um, yeah, this is a really powerful part of the book for me, you know. Um, yeah, um, just uh, um, I don't know. I just uh, I guess when I was reading this, a uh, cunningness of our disease, you know, the food, you know, like for me when I first you know, I got into recovery, you know. Um, it was for outside issues and, you know, for so many years, I, uh, I tried focusing on that stuff, but you know, my, like that, the food was always my like last nail in my coffin. And, um, I went through, uh, 
you know, like it says, half nurtures avail us nothing. I went through that program and I just kind of white knuckled it and I used the meetings as a, as a tool for me just to kind of get a little relief and, you know, and uh, never did the work. And I just half-assed it, you know, really, to be honest. And, uh, but, uh, you know, um, never thinking that food was the issue. Um, but I'm the kind of addict that's addicted to more. You know, I, I've been a drug addict and I've been an alcoholic. And, I've, you know, I'm always looking for something outside of myself to, you know, drive those feelings that I had. Uh, down inside so that I didn't have to feel them and uh, you know it wasn't in by the grace of God until I found a way that I actually uh, was able to uh, you know start applying this program of action in my life so that I could get the relief from that and uh, yeah I can't be more thankful than and you know it's the more the more willing I become the more it's revealed to me you know like yeah half measures and will be nothing you know I just, I just hope to God I say something this morning that, you know, would pass on, you know, what was just given to me and, you know, because it's given me a life and, you know, I can't say enough about OA and this, and this vision meeting, you know, it's really, uh, it's really fired up my recovery and, um, just, yeah, saved my life and, uh, allowed me to, you know, have that different perspective and, uh, you know, allow God in my life, so. Anyways, with that, I'll pass, and uh, thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Jason. And a reminder, uh, we are on page 58, starting with the fourth and last paragraph, starting with, remember that we deal with alcohol. We're reading through two paragraphs, ending with complete abandon. And Arlene H., it's your turn, followed by Kathy Kay. Okay, thank you, everybody. Um, thank you for your service. My name is Arlene H., grateful and recovering in Vermont. Um, never mind alcohol. Oh, my God. Never mind food. Life. Life is cunning, baffling, and powerful for me. Without help, it is too much for us. And basically, there it is. This is not just me, but it's all of us. Um, this is the we from the first step, and this is the powerlessness from the first step. It's just too much sometimes. It's just so overwhelming. But there is one that has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. This is talking about our reliance on a higher power rather than a defiance. I want what I want when I want it is not working for me. It's something that I need to drop. So there is a God who cares about me. We ask his protection and care with complete abandon. And I love that because here's the first idea in the formulation of step two because these paragraphs for me are building on steps one and step two. Half measures availed us nothing. We got to get in the game. We stood at that turning point. We can't just sit at the at the uh, on the bench. I have to get in the game and be part of the game. I have to play the game. There's plenty of people getting splinters on the bench with no avail. But asking for protection and care 
with complete abandon is this building on earnestness. And I love what was says what was said today. Change is a dire necessity. That gives me the strength I need to go on. I know I need to change. If I'm Arlene who walked into these rooms, then, you know, my solution was food. My solution was eating. Now my solution is not that. My solution is a spiritual recovery. Here it's leading to step three, knowing that God cares for me. This is so beautifully written. And complete abandon for me over time has come to mean different things because this this is just building on that word earnestness, with all the earnestness, um, you know, love and vigor and honesty. This is learning our principles. And it's just, just amazing. Complete abandon is what I... Thank you. What I can do right now, as much I can do right now, I give what I can when I can. And I and I can. Together we can. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Arlene H. Kathy Cade is your turn. Thank you, Mara, for your service. This is Kathy Kaye recovered in Boston. Um, I've really appreciated everyone shares today, and um, I want to focus once again on cunning, baffling, and powerful, and and say that for me, as someone who has been recovered for a while, this disease is still cunning, baffling, and powerful. Um, I can start feeling really good in my recovery. Um, so much so that I can lose sight of the fact that I can't do it without God. Um, so much so that I allow myself to um, do a lot of service, to engage the world with my newfound optimism and energy. Um, and before I know it, I can get so busy, I forget. And that's how this disease is cunning, baffling, and powerful in the long haul. Um, It is too easy for me to fall back on half measures. If if I'm feeling really good, I can think that I can get away with not um, working a strong step 11 or a strong step 10, and uh, I'm doomed for failure if I believe that lie. Um, So I'm just so very grateful that the steps ensure, if we continue to practice them on a daily basis, that we continue to rely on God and we continue to ask for his protection and care with complete abandon. Um, It took me many years to learn that even when I'm feeling good, I still need God and I still need to lean into him um, with complete abandon. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy Kay. Okay, reminder, we're on page 58, the fourth and last paragraph, reading through two paragraphs. 
ending with complete abandon at the top of 59. And who would like to share? Please press star Leia. one. Leia. Leia. Leia M. Wow. Okay, hang on. Whoa, hello. Woohoo. Hang on, ladies. Woo. Lord have mercy. I got Leia S, Vasa O, Leia D, Leia M. Do we have any other Leias? Okay, who else did I hear that I didn't catch? Some, oh, Melissa C. Is that? Did I hear you out there? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's go with that. Let's go with that for now. I've got Leia S, Vasa O, Leia D, Leia M, Melissa C. And I'm sure I missed somebody, so we'll catch you on the next round. Woo, Leia S, would you please go ahead? I like that. I like that. <laughs> Before there was only two layers. <laughs> Um, very, very grateful. Uh, you know, uh, half measures availed us nothing. In other words, I came in and I thought, I can fool you. You know, you don't have to know about me, and you don't have to know everything that I do about me. And I don't have to bring this into the party that's going to happen or Mother's Day that's going to come up or or my birthday. You know, at those times, nobody's going to see nobody because it's only, uh, it's you know, it's, it's only that I'm getting together with, with people that are not in program. And, you know, this is, program is a different thing and and my life is a different thing. And what I found out was that everything, everything about Leia S is about program. It's all combined. Half measures is not going to get me anywhere. And when I started to do it completely with in every area of my life, not only my food, but in every area in my life, I had to jump into that bandwagon because there was just no other way. It was hell with, with, with eating, and it was hell without eating. And then it became a little bit more pleasant. And today, it is like unbelievable. It really is bringing everything about program into your complete life. Thank you for letting me share. Caught me off guard. Okay. Um, Vasa O, it is your turn, followed by Leia D. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Maura, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I thank you for all your shares this morning. And before I came to the program, of course, I was in the cycle like everyone I hear at the meeting, losing and gaining and, you know, always on a diet. And I could never put the food down. And I I had the gift of desperation. And I remember coming to my first meeting of Overeaters Anonymous and hearing how the program worked. And I was very, very, very careful. I would just listen to it. It just gave me so much hope. With I had, I had lost hope, you know, before coming to Overeaters Anonymous, I, you know, after so many years trying to put it down, I just gave in into the food instead of surrendering to a program, which I didn't know in those days, 
or the 12 steps. I just gave in to the food, and it was getting progressive, you know. I had been trying to control it up to that point, and I had no control any longer. So I gave in in the food, and I thank God, my higher power, that a person brought me in the program. And I, I was so desperate in those, ti- in those times, at that time. And I was, this is where I was. Remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. And that's where I was. But there is one who has all power, that one is God. May you find him now. And this is where I was. I was just so desperate and I was just so willing to find a God, to find the program, you know, the 12 steps. It just gave me so much hope. And uh, half measures of yield is nothing. And I was such an overachiever doing so many other things to putting too much energy on other things. I decided to put all the time and energy. And I'm not saying I neglected other things, but my program became number one. If I wanted to live, I, I remember saying, do you want to live or you want to die, Vasa? And I wanted to live more than I wanted to die. And I was ready. Uh, and so we came to the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. And I was ready just to put everything on the, on the side, what I was doing, because it wasn't working, and to adapt this new way that we, in, that we have in this big book, the solution, the, the recipe, whatever it is. Gentle reminder. Wrap it up. Thank you. Put, a, put the food down, Vasa, and work the 12 steps. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Leia D. It is your turn, followed by Leah M. Hi, good morning. It's Leah D. Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Good morning. It's Leah D. in Brooklyn. So being a child of the 70s and, and probably back in the days of Overeaters Anonymous in the 70s, this chapter, these words are branded. I was listening to everyone this morning of these words branded on my side, you know, and I hear the terms of Paladin and Bat Masterson, you know, cunning, baffling, powerful, half measures of all is nothing. This is the holy grail of Overeaters Anonymous. You walked in and this is what you heard and this is all you heard. And this I can do in my sleep. And the truth is that my head hurts from the shaking of agreement everyone has shared before me. Cunning, baffling, powerful. I'm sitting here thinking of the fact that a grape could rule my life. A grape, a piece of lettuce, that hand-to-mouth action, that out-of-control, spontaneous response to the substance could make me go from a confident, in-control woman to a weeping, slobbering, out-of-control woman at the snap of a finger. That image is just so real. Being in recovery these last two years, and that's not the two years out of 40 out of your whole life, you know. Being really in recovery and finally getting it and the light going off and that ding, 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 ding. Truly saying, oh, that's what you mean. 
That's what's supposed to happen. That's what it's all about. Oh, that's what he means? That's what Bill's talking about? That's what that's what those words mean? That's how I'm supposed to feel? Oh my god, how come I didn't know? If you're new on this line, don't leave. Don't waste another minute. If anyone you hear has something that sounds or color to you, jump on the phone and say, How do I get what you got? Half measures availed me nothing. I thought it was just going to come to me. My ego was so big that said, I got it. I understand. Yeah, I never listened. I, I got it. You know, yeah, okay, okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. That's a bunch of hoo-ha. I had nothing. I really have something today. I really, really, really have something today. And um, it's such a pleasure to say I've got it and be here to share it. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Leah D. Leah M., it is your turn, followed by Melissa C. Thank you very much. This is Leah M., recovered. Cunning, baffling, and powerful. You know, um, I had chased the tail of this dragon uh, since I was four years old. At this point, I was 23. I was in a facility that was locked, uh, plastic wristband uh, on my left wrist. And, uh, you know, the question posed to me from a recovered alcoholic, <laughs> ex-Marine, was, uh, you know, how free do you want to be? You know, <laughs> the same person was going to eat again. There was no question about that. My disease was cunning, baffling, and powerful. Life was cunning, baffling, and powerful for me. So, you know, instead of turning to food, turning to food for that ease and comfort, which I kept turning to over the course of those decades, the disease continuing to progress, I was done. You know, when you're in the quicksand, the only way to be rescued from it is to be delivered from it. You know, I, I had to have a relationship with, the, with power, with power. Lack of power was my dilemma. Was I willing to turn? Was I willing to turn? You know, but there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. <laughs> you know, I just held up my hands and I said, I'm done. I'm finished. I don't know what God is. You know, I never had a relationship with God before. I didn't know much about it. Um, but I'm done. I am finished. I can't do this anymore because I am killing myself with my own hand under the guise of seeking ease and comfort. So whoever you are, God, whatever you are, God, I'm yours. I'm in because the steps will continue to correct my will. Am I willing to have a relationship with power? The task for me and the task for each one of us was to let God be the director of my will. And if God directs my will, then that power will direct my actions. And if that power directs my actions, then it directs my life. And if I and then and then through that, I will live with peace of mind and serenity. So, you know, the big book doesn't say, and those who are recovered don't say, you have to know what we know. It doesn't say you have to think what Leah thinks. It doesn't say you have to feel what Leah feels or have experienced what Leah experienced. It does say, if you want what we have, we suggest you do what we did. It's very simple. 
do what we did. And so someone in whom the problem had been solved cracked open this text for me, took me by the hand, and led me through this process. I was introduced to God, and please, God, uh, continue to improve and strengthen that relationship each and every day. With that, I pass. Thank you, Leah M. Melissa C., it's your turn. And Pete B., a little bird told me that you had also mentioned your name. So if you're out there, get ready. Melissa C.? Hi. Good morning, Maura. Thank you so much for your service. Uh, this is Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And um, I'm glad you're timing it because I can't see my timer right now. Um, and, you know, when I read these descriptions, you know, cunning, baffling, powerful, those are human characteristics. You know, the, the bill is like personifying food, alcohol, the disease, giving it human characteristics. And that really helps me when I think about um, food in that way. You know, I, um, I like visualization, and I think about um, my compulsive overeating food like the world's worst boyfriend. You know, it's this handsome stalker that um, I keep falling for, I keep letting back in my life over and over again. It keeps looking really good looking to me and it causes pain and crap in my life. And yet it, it knows all the right lies to get me to pick up the phone and answer again and go back out on a date again and then I'm back in the mess. And, you know, and for those people who don't have a problem with food, this sounds crazy. How could you possibly mean, like someone said before, a grape, a carrot stick can have that kind of control and power over your life? But for those of us to reach this crossroad, yeah, absolutely. I, I can be taken down by, you know, eating raw veggies at a party, um, you know, without measuring it out and putting it on my plate. That's enough for me to pick up the phone for that handsome boyfriend. And so what do I do? Because I'm I'm a sucker, you know, and, and without help, I'm that sucker over and over and over again, no matter how much truth I know. So um, I need to chase this with complete abandon, and that means the steps. Like, that's what I have to give over with abandon. And I've abandoned myself many things in my life before I did the steps, you know, that was easy for me. I would abandon myself to a binge. I would abandon myself to planning a party. I mean, when my daughter was a toddler, I planned this extravagant party that was ridiculously over the top. I let everything else go to crap around me, creating this party because it was going to be the best. And, you know, what did that leave me with at the end of the party? I was eating the cake by myself in the kitchen cleaning up. You know, so I have the ability to chase lots of things with abandon. I can apply that same thing and find God now. You know, even if I don't have the spiritual awakening, I can chase it, you know, until it comes. Gentle and then reminder. I continue. Thank you so much. Today I continue to chase this with complete abandon. Thank you. With that, I'll have. Thank you, Melissa C. Pete B., are you out there? I am moderator. Can you hear me okay? I can. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you, and thank that little bird for, for hearing me. But uh, anyway, I'm Pete B., 
I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy in Pennsylvania. And I love this paragraph. I'm grateful to Russ for reading it. And, you know, um, we often refer to, it's often referred to, uh, we often say program when we really need fellowship, right? Because what we're doing right here, right this, right now is fellowship. The fellowship is studying the literature of the program. The program is this book, right? And we often, people, I think, kind of misinterpret that the the fellowship as the program. And the, and, and the program says that the entire object of the program, of this book, is to enable us to find a power that is going to solve our problem, right? It tells us that we have no effective mental defense against the first drink, that no human power, the fellowship, no human power is going to relieve this condition, right? No code of morals. I can't, I can't come to Overeaters Anonymous, work the steps and not have a God, right? This entire process is enabled, is, is the whole process, steps one through 12, are designed to get us close to the one that has all power, right? If it's all power, that means that there's no other power for the compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety, which I am, the hopeless variety, right? I am am so grateful that I have taken the beatings that food has, has put on me and caused me to completely and totally surrender, to get away from the ideas that there's some other easier, softer way, some other diet, some other nutritionist, some other program. There is one that has all power. That means there's no other power. All we have is other suggestions that are going to get us closest to the power that is going to restore me to sanity. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Pete B. We have time for what looks like two three-minute shares. Uh, no, make that two two-minute showers. Two two-minute shares. Nancy P. And Marion K. Nancy P. And Lauren N. All right, Nancy P. Two minutes. Hi, can I be heard? You can. Thank you. Hi. Thanks for um, letting me share. So um, excellent sharing from everybody. I wouldn't have shared except that um, I don't know why. Anyways, um, so I tried half measures my entire life, and obviously nothing worked. And I came up against, you know, when I got to vision, I was so battered and broken, and my life was so wrecked. And so I was just, you know, I was just beside myself. And I really had no other choice. And but at the same time, because I I have quite a long history in um, in OA, I you know I had ample opportunity all these years to abandon myself to this simple program, and I never did it. And I didn't know if it was going to work this time. And it felt like, you know, here I go. I'm going to try one more time. But I I flung myself out of that plane, and I was caught. And I was gently put down on the ground, and I was turned in the right direction, and I was guided forward, and I have since completed the steps. I did everything that I could. I did every single thing that my sponsor told me to do without complaint or question, 
um, especially without question. Um, and I got better. And today I live at one with my creator. And by the way, not perfectly. I was just thinking about something nasty that I did yesterday. And um, so it's not certainly not perfectly, but um, it's so much better than it was. And anybody who is thinking, you know, it's just not going to work for me or I don't know if it's going to work, that's exactly what I thought. I just don't know. But I did fling myself into it, and I just didn't care what happened. And um, something good happened. So thank you for letting me share. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Lauren N., it is your turn. This is Lauren N. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for hearing my little voice at the end. Um, this meeting and this fellowship is so incredible, and it has incredibly changed my life, and for that I am so thankful. Irritable and discontent and, and self-criticizing are my ways of being or were my ways of being, and today I'm able to recognize it as my disease and not stay in that self-pity. And it's all because of what I get to work, with, work through every day with your guidance. And I get to hear every day on this line. I feel really sad on Fridays because I know I won't hear my fellows every Saturday. And I'll hear special editions on Sunday, but it's not the same. I look forward to Mondays when I get to hear you all for five days. And I'm able to stick with it and keep it in my head every minute of the, day, of the days throughout the week. Thank you all for being here and for being my partner in this, in this incredible way of living. I never, ever could have expected life to be as good as it is right now. Thank you all. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren N. Okay, we have about 40 seconds, and I'm just going to jump right in here. And I am more the gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. That means I have to shut up. I have to, what is that phrase? Take the cotton out of my ears and put it in my mouth and listen to him and earnestly seek him every day because whatever I did yesterday that was right or wrong does not transfer to today unless I have cleanup to do. But whatever I did right yesterday, as far as prayer and so on and so forth, that's yesterday and that's where it stays. And with that, I will pass. And it is now 7.55 and it's time to close this fabulous little meeting we've had here today. Thank you to everyone who shared. And um, the share ID, excuse me, the share ID for today's meeting is 11370. That's 11370. 
And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Mary B., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Gladly, Maura. Can you hear me okay? Yes, thank you. Great. Yes, this is Mary B., gratefully recovered compulsive eater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.